And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. This is the Civilized Barking Podcast with Zach Jackson. Hey everybody, it's the Civilized Barking Podcast. It's August 1st, five days in to training camp. Zach Jackson and Jason Lloyd. If you listened, I don't know, 10 or so days ago now. Hell, it could be 20. (laughs) The last five months have been kind of a blur. Uh, We said we'd be back with another podcast when there was a decision on Deshaun Watson. Monday morning, there was a decision from the jointly appointed arbiter, Sue L. Robinson. And that was a six-game suspension. So, Jason, we don't know if there will be an appeal. Um, You know, We didn't hear the Browns moved everything around today. They didn't make any players available. They didn't make Watson available. The Haslam's gave a statement that was really bad. Um, Andrew Barry is not going to speak, and the Haslam's are not going to speak until um, there's resolution, which we have three days to appeal. Kevin Stefanski spoke and didn't say anything. Anyway, here we are. We think um, maybe a big asterisk, maybe a small asterisk. We think Deshaun Watson is suspended for six games. We think we're inching closer to the end of this, at least from a legal and into football standpoint. This was a football decision, we know. But we'll see. And I want to know what your gut reaction is to all this. It's about what I thought it was going to be, right? Like, I think we said on the pod, I said on the pod six to eight, somewhere in that range. And so I wasn't terribly surprised. There were times during this whole thing where I thought, you know, is is sort of speculation ramped up about a year indefinite, some of these words being thrown around. You know, I think everyone sort of paused at that point. It, it certainly did not look good at times, you know, when when Rusty Harden's talking about happy endings on Houston radio, when the New York Times drops a report with 66 massage women, massages from 66 different women at least over a span of 17 months. There were moments in this where it looked really, really bad. Uh, but ultimately it landed where I think I thought it was going to. It was really interesting reading the judge's comments today, the 15-page report on her findings. And she basically said, correct me if I'm wrong, the NFL proved its case, but we have to follow past precedents that the NFL set. And so it's six games. And it's unfair to change the rules after the violation has occurred without giving proper you know, notice ahead of time. So basically, the way I'm reading it, the judge would have been happy to hit Deshaun Watson with the stiffer penalty had past precedent uh, sort of called for it. But she said, you can't do that. And now we wait and see if the NFL agrees with that or if the NFL comes back and goes over the top on her or not. Yeah, uh, that's mostly how I read it, too. You know, she's saying he's guilty of three violations. Uh, That is my only surprise, that he is guilty of three violations by the letter of this law, yet it's only six games. Um, I had people that I trust saying eight, you know, for for a while. Um, I agree with you. We've been along for this ride, right? We we both 
since March and April have said that the Browns did this, believing there would be a four or six game suspension right now served to start this year. Maybe the process went or is going a little bit longer than the Browns expected. We're, we're guessing that we don't know that for a hundred percent. Right. Um, as we record this on Monday evening, two or three hours after practice and eight or nine hours after the decision, um, you know, there's still 60 or so hours for the NFL to decide on the appeal. I think the NFL statement left it very open that they will appeal. I don't know. Um, I did get to read your column, Jason, amid all this madness. Uh, I, I agree with most of it. And, and let's just start there. Um, nothing that happened today, nothing that's in that ruling that you mentioned or nothing that's out there is going to change anyone's mind, right? If you Correct. believe that Deshaun Watson is a despicable human, you're not changed. If you believe that the Browns were right to do this and that he's had his process and all of that, then you're not changed, right? And, and we're going to see. Um, you know, from my standpoint, day to day, hour to hour with the team, watching the team, I still think it's awkward and clumsy as hell. I still think the whole thing is disgusting. I still think the Browns in delivery and in execution have been bad here. But this was a football decision made about winning football games. You know, there's no winners here. Let me be clear with that. Um, Right now, before we know of an appeal, before we know if there is anything else behind it, a secret door that we don't know, um, today was mostly a win for the Cleveland Browns. I, I don't think, I'm not trying to over-exaggerate or cross any line with that. I just think that's the best way I can say it. They nailed it, Zach, for what they thought they were getting into and the outcome that they got. This is this is a best case scenario, and and yeah, you know we're gonna hold our nose here over a little bit of this, and you know I've been floating the Gulf of Mexico most of this week. I'm still on vacation. It's been pouring down rain all day today, um, but so you were obviously at practice all week long. I have not been, but if you go back to when this began in March. And you go back to the owners' meetings when you know members of the organization were saying we're cautiously optimistic. And that's the most that anyone would say on the record, off the record. And it was like pulling teeth to get that much out of them that they were cautiously optimistic. What were they cautiously optimistic about? The fact that it wasn't going to be a type of suspension that was going to derail the season. That's exactly what they got. And they said that they did their due diligence. They said that they spent time investigating it. Everybody sort of rolled their eyes a little bit, especially after the New York Times story dropped. And, and I posed the question, I think, on this podcast, was anything in that story that you didn't already know? Because if you're going to claim that you did the deepest investigation you've ever done, then there should be nothing that surprised you at any of this over the last few months. And I tend to think that there were things that have since emerged that they did not know. However, ultimately this went about as best as you could expect. And, and Zach, you and I joked before, and I put it in the story, the Browns are the punchline has always been, if there's a way to screw this up, they will find it. They will find the path. Mm -hmm. But in this instance, it kind of went according to plan and they knew they were going to take a PR beating and they have, and they knew he was going to be suspended, and he was. And again, we have to wait 72 more hours. But ultimately, this is going the way that they thought it was going to go. And I think they're never going to admit this publicly, obviously. I think most everyone inside Berea right now is thrilled with this, with six games and hoping that it holds at that. I think they'll take that as a win and run with it. 
Yeah. Um, tomorrow is 10 years to the day since the paperwork was made official that the Haslam's were going to buy the Browns. That's October amazing. is when the process went through, but tomorrow's 10 years to the day since it was voted upon and, and everything got in motion. And if you're listening to this, you're fully aware that for most of those 10 years, this organization has been a clown show. It's not to say there haven't been good moments or there haven't been good deeds done in the community spearheaded by ownership or that there aren't good people in the organization now because there are. But it's been an absolute clown show. And there are times over this five months, right, when we hear about the five-month odyssey and we hear the various things that we've sorted through. And we, again, we still don't know that kind of made us wonder if it's the same, right? <laughs> um, if it's going to be the same. So this really is about winning going forward. And my only thing right now, without knowing what the NFL is going to do um, or, or, or how the next months and years are, are going to play out, is I just want them to be adult. They, they signed up for all this, right? I don't want player interviews to be canceled. Right? I want to hear from Deshaun Watson and from Jacoby Brissett. Right? I want to hear from the ownership. I don't want a statement that said from ownership that says Deshaun has been remorseful when Deshaun has been zero percent remorseful. Right? right? I want to hear that this is about winning, and this is why we had Kareem Hunt, and this is why we fucked up with Malik McDowell, and we did this trade because if you don't have a quarterback, you don't have a damn chance. And we know Deshaun Watson has been less than perfect human being, and we know that you aren't going to like this, but we're here to win games. Four months from now, five years from now, and that's why we did this. I don't like the ducking and hiding. Just say it and move on. That's that's what I, you know, I like I said, there's different things I can get mad about, but I'm that to me is the most exhausting part. Kevin up there left to say, and I'm not sure anybody would handle it any better than Kevin. He's in a no-win situation. Yeah, we expect the best from Deshaun the person. <laughs> but we know what's in the filings here, <laughs> right? We've all, we've all known this. Like, just come out and say we need a damn quarterback. And that's why we did this. Well, that's never going to happen. They're never going to come out and say that. But you're right. We know that's why they did this. Uh, it's evident that's why they did this. They weren't happy with the performance of Baker Mayfield. And and here we are. And and this is the mud and muck that they have to, have to crawl through to get to the other side. You know, I tend to think that I agree with you that I think it's unfair that they put Kevin up there every day to say nothing. It really puts him in a bad spot. I, I wish that Andrew and, or ownership would stand up. I mean, they're not going to say anything either. But it just—I I just think they're the ones that brought this on. So why aren't they the ones standing up there answering the questions or at least taking the questions? And hopefully, you know, seventy-two hours from now, when this all clears, it, it would be nice if someone else did stand up there and and talk about this. Although, again, I don't know what they're going to say that's any different than what they've said already. Uh, but it's well, yeah, j- just to be clear, yeah, just to be clear, we were told that we will hear from Andrew and from the Haslam's when there is resolution here. So well, I don't go. believe okay. again, I'm out of town, you know? Yeah. I, I, I don't believe that. Um, sorry, my phone beeped. It, it's, it's been a long day here. Um, you know, I, I don't know what to think about the appeal. Um, that's probably the one part of your column, Jason, that I didn't. 100% or close to 100% agree with. Um, and just in full disclosure, you know, the, the two stories that I have today, guys, I've had written for weeks. We updated the details today and, and we'll move on starting tomorrow with the other stuff. But, you know, we've, we've known a resolution was coming. And frankly, there were two different versions of the suspension story. And there was a story on Brissett taking over that had, you know, 
it was just touched up based upon what, what this initial ruling was. Um, I think there is a chance that the NFL says, you know what, whether it was bad presentation in the trial or we just couldn't get around the precedent and the way the policy was written, we got beat. And the best thing to do right now is take RL and move away. I, I still would lean, and again, just lean, towards the side of the NFL says this hurts and this looks bad and we're going to react because there is evidence here. There is an admission that this this policy was broken multiple times. Um, these are claims of heinous acts, multiple. You know, there's been 53 lawsuits against this guy settled in the last four weeks and we don't want him on the field at any time soon. And if we don't take a stronger stand, then we got punked here. I still think there's a possibility of that. So, Again, we don't know, and that's that's what makes this talking about this and using words like closure and moving on because we don't know. But I I think I'm probably not alone in that thought that that this this might drag on, and not just because it's dragged on so far to this point. If they if they overturn it, whether it's Roger or someone else that he appoints to hear an appeal, and they overturn this, I believe, just my opinion, I believe it makes this entire thing a sham. It, it it erodes the credibility of a former federal judge who has far more experience overseeing stuff like this than Roger Goodell, let's be honest, or anyone else in the in the NFL that, that they that they would find. And I just think it makes it look like a rigged system. I had said before, if the if if the if the ruling comes down that it's a year that she agrees and gives him a year, could you really be outraged? Could Browns fans really be outraged? No. I I don't I don't think you could be. But that's not what she what what she found, and and now for the NFL to come back now at this point, and and make it an indefinite suspension or a year long suspension, now I think the Browns would have the right to say, well, hold on a minute, why didn't you just put him on the exempt list and save me the bullshit about that's only for uh, criminal activity? Because okay, well that you're just making up the rules as you go anyway, so just put him on the exempt list last year. January, February, March, even after the grand jury returned no bills, put them on the exempt list and say, hold on, okay, we still need to dig into more on this. But as soon as the as soon as Roger Goodell takes that off the table and says he's not going on the exempt list, I believe 32 NFL teams read that as he's not going to be suspended for a year or he's not going to be given an indefinite suspension. So let's go get him. And I just think that is setting a really, really bad precedent. This is the system you wanted. This is how this, you both agree to this. You wanted this independent arbiter. If this is the first ruling that she has, and obviously she's credible, and you overturn it, you have now just brought down an entire system, and no one will ever trust it ever again. And maybe they don't care, but that's how I see it. Yeah. No, there is the maybe they don't care. Uh, I'm glad you said that because as this thing has kind of, developed and it went so long frankly to the point that i said i'm not sure any of my predictions are right (laughs) you know i'm not sure what to think i'm not sure anything i'm hearing from people that are generally connected or generally reasonable about things right is right um i did wonder why not the exempt list and if the nfl is so strong and now it's like you said it's documented why, why wasn't that used so um that's a great question i don't have an answer for I think it's something we will explore more if there is an appeal, right? If this does go. And again, like we hope. Yeah, we, we hope. I, I, we, we hope that that's the right word. We all hope as outside observers, whether you're a fan, 
a journalist, just a fan of the league, just someone that follows the league, right? You would like to know that and move on. And like you said, to know that the NFL's agreed upon system is best. But if this drags out via appeal, if that appeal turns into a changed ruling and turns into a lawsuit from Watson's side, and all of a sudden he's playing under a temporary restraining order, <laughs> like there'll be time to explore that and ask that, Jason. I think it's a valid question. Um, before we talk too far. And by the way, that absolutely this. could happen, though. But that yeah. absolutely could happen in terms of if they appeal and Watson has an injunction filed, a restraining order filed, he's on the field week one against Carolina. Right. So so th- this thing just gets wilder and wilder. So, Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. This morning I was on Dan Patrick, and Dan caught me off guard with one question because I knew we weren't going to hear from Watson, and I know we're probably not going to hear from Watson tomorrow or anytime soon. We were talking about the process and all of this, and he said, if you had one question for Deshaun Watson, what would you ask him? And I just, I mean, it's not like I, you know, just sat there with dead air and sounded like a dummy. I mean, I guess you guys would be the judge of that, not me. <laughs> but I wasn't thinking it because I'm just not in that mode. So here with no notice, I want to do to you what Dan did to me. If you had one question for Deshaun Watson right now on Monday, August 1st, nine hours after the ruling, what would it be? Oh, you just caught me off guard with that because I asked him, the, the one question I wanted to ask him, I asked him leading up to all this, which was, Settle. Why won't you settle? Like, is there is there room for a settlement? Well, now all but one it has settled. Uh, so that's off the table. And I mean, is it a question of where you're going to get an honest answer out of them? Um, you know, I think if if it's if it's that, if it's OK, you got one question. He has to answer it honestly. To me, it would be. Do you realize now what you've done and do you feel badly about any of this now? Because even Judge Robinson in her 15 page report today said he has not shown remorse. He showed zero remorse at the press conference, the introductory press conference. And there was litigation still going on at the time. And, you know, he tried to walk back some of that in his, uh, in the second time where he met with this, where he tried to clean up some of it and, and said that he feels badly about how this is all played out and everything. And the people that are hurt and upset, but ultimately he has maintained, he has done absolutely positively nothing wrong. And he's shown no remorse. And I just wonder, like in a in a moment to himself, in a moment of clarity, in a moment of honesty, do you get it now? Do you see do you think you did anything wrong? Do you do you see some of the hurt and some of the damage that, that's gone on here? Uh because, you know, listen, I I'm I'm not outraged over six games. 
if you want me to be outraged, I'm sorry. I'm not going to be. I thought it was going to be six all along. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to sit here and say, how dare she listen. They've got more evidence. They've heard all of the evidence and, and they've taken this very seriously. And now this is two no bills that Deshaun's had returned in his favor from grand juries. And now a former federal judge ruled six games. So he's actually had a lot going his way, despite just taking an absolute beating in, in the PR game. Uh, they've his his defense team has actually had quite a few wins stacked on top of each other here. If you want to look at it that way, um, but having said that, I still can't look at this and say he's done nothing wrong. Obviously, you've sure. hurt people. Obviously, you've upset people. Obviously, you've put them in positions that they did not want to be in and did not ask to be in. So I just that's really I think what I want to know is is do you get it now? What'd you come up with yeah. for for Dan? By the way, what'd you say? Um, I, I, I'm a pro. I just talked my way into talking about something else real fast. <laughs> Attaboy. School politics. Um, Don't answer the question. Yes. Ask, just say what you want to say. <laughs> yes. So, so I, I'm a damned good seasoned politician in that regard. I'm not a lawyer. I, I'm not any kind of a lawyer. I've certainly never been an advisor to the commissioner and I'm not privy to a lot of this, but I want to toss out two reasons why, um, I think an appeal is still possible, if not likely. <clears throat> you know, one is what you just mentioned. And two is, like, I think we're talking about, like, s- some personal feelings here. You know, I think the NFL might feel like the Browns made a mockery, like, like you said, of the process with the contract, both on – this is hanging over him, the number of accusations, all of this, and they go, he tells them no first, and they go back and they give him the largest guarantee in history. And then two, how that affects other teams. Like, I'm sure that Roger Goodell has a trusted circle of advisors and they're prepared for this. And what I just forgot was um, what you mentioned is, guys, the NFLPA, 12 hours before the decision was already putting out a public plea for the NFL to not appeal. That tells me the NFL PA thinks the NFL is going to appeal. One. And two, I think the contract is so personal to some people, including the owners who work for Goodell, and the way it all went down, and just the overall griminess of this, that I think that there's a good chance, again, this is just me, that the wheels are in motion for that. And then if it gets to that, no one thinks – that the NFL is going to lose that appeal, considering it will be heard by a designee of Goodell. Goodell's not going to hear it himself, right? He, he's he going to take himself out of the process. Yeah, he could, but he's not going to. He's going to take himself out of the process, but if it gets to the appeal, I mean, I think we're looking at four more games, six more games, 11 more games. And that takes me back to the whole process that is a sham at that point, and there's nothing different about this than there ever was before. And, you know, I, I think I said that at the time. If Roger wants a year, truly wants a year, Roger's going to get a year, no matter who's presiding over it. If he really wants indefinite, he's going to get indefinite. But that just makes this whole thing just an absolute sham and mockery. And if I'm Sue Robinson, I recuse myself from the position and tell him, go find another, you know, go find another Muppet because you're not going to do that to me. I'd be furious if I were her, if if that's the route that that they choose to go on this. In terms of the contract... You know, I agree with you. Obviously, it's it's shady. Obviously, it is. But it's also strategic and tactical. Number one, it worked. You got the guy. And you and I have both said, whatever you got to do, you got to upgrade the position. You have to upgrade the, the quarterback position because six ain't good enough. 
And so go do what you have to do. Well, they did what they had to do, and it was a dirty contract. But it's also a smart strategic contract in 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 the way that it's structured with the low base and and then and no hit against the cap and all the money that it now allows them to roll over into next year's cap situation. So like two things can be true. I was thinking about this earlier. Two things can be true. Yeah, it's gross and slimy. It's also really smart business. It's it's savvy business. And you can think it's gross and disgusting, and I would agree with you. And you can say it's great business, and I would agree with you. And that's part of what makes this case so complicated. Because it's just, it's not, I think the one thing we can agree on, there are no winners in all this. There are no heroes in the story. But I get it. I get both sides. I get structuring the contract the way that they did. I get if that's what it takes to get the guy, and you've pushed all in, and that's the guy you want, I'd do it too. Sorry, I would do it too. Uh, but at yeah, the same no, time, I don't know. That, but I don't know that I would yeah. guarantee the whole two hundred thirty million. That's an, that's just yeah. an enormous. To me, that's a bigger risk than the forty five and one. Than the forty five million dollars signing bonus and million dollar base salary. That's good business. Guaranteeing the whole two hundred thirty million dollar contract is kind of insane. But I, and Zach, I don't know. Is this really going to impact negotiations going forward? It didn't seem to with the Cardinals. The Cardinals didn't follow suit. The Ravens have dismissed it that well, just didn't because the Browns the didn't guarantee, but they gave him one more dollar. They did. Yes. Yeah. Two thirty and a half or whatever it was. But the the whole thing wasn't fully guaranteed. It looked to me and I listen, I haven't studied Kyler Murray's contract, but the surface numbers seem to be more in line with traditional NFL quarterback contracts. And that's why I just think that this may end up being an anomaly and not necessarily something that teams in the future have to follow. Are you going to make give your third grade son a clause for four hours of independent study each week once? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I should have thought that with my oldest. <laughs> As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code The Athletic, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a fifteen hundred dollar first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Quick football observation, guys, because there is this. Uh, Through five days, the Browns in total have really done like maybe one and a half training camp practices. It'll ramp up a little bit tomorrow uh, with a full pad practice. Um, We know Stefanski does it this way. I think it's smart business. You know, even if, if it drags, you need your guys. Um, there's sports science that tells you things. There's the reality of you have this roster. And look, I'm watching this roster. I see why they're doing these things. I'm watching the salary cap numbers as I've been since March. This year and next year are the years that they're in for. And that's why this suspension matters. That's why this trade was made. That's why you're giving up the picks and moving the numbers and mortgaging the things you're mortgaging, right? And I look out on that field 
And I know not to get caught one way or the other in the third damn day of training camp because anything can happen. And injuries and unpredictability are the only things that you know are going to come about, right? But just about everywhere but wide receiver, I'm seeing a team that, that potentially is good enough, you know? And I'm seeing a situation, Jason, where 3-3 three and three is like 6-0, and oh, right? Like, don't throw a parade, guys. Don't exactly book your rooms. But, like, if you could just get Brissett to be 3-3 three and three, and this defense and this running game are good enough, then you come in and, you know, who cares? He would play two games and then have a bye week, and then you'd have a chance to hit that level. Like, you know, the guys running, this is not perfect. This is an awful situation. I don't know how else to say it. Um, the guys in charge are pretty good. They didn't reinvent football. Um, they're not impeccable, but they're pretty good. There's a long-term plan here. There's a roster right now that's good. The ingredients look really, really good. And when I watch Deshaun Watson, I mean, the talent is obvious. But one thing through, like I said, basically one and a half practices is his ability to extend plays is going to change everything. It just is. And it's going to lead to him taking some shots and it's going to lead to some mistakes and whatever. But over the course of time and over the course of long seasons and tough moments where you were screwed before, he's going to bail you out. He's going to hit the turbo button. He's going to do some shit that hasn't been seen here. And I know the bar is really low, right? So it is important. If he's suspended on appeal for 10 or 12 games, the Browns are sunk. And the clouds over that facility are as black as they were the day that Charles Bentley got hurt on the very first play of training camp. But if this is only six and there's some level of clarity in Deshaun's mental focus and grasp of his teammates and his coach and his playbook and the offensive line and everything's upright, like you're going to start to see the ceiling and you're going to see a level of Cleveland Browns football that hasn't been seen in many of your lifetimes, hasn't been seen since I was in elementary school, for God's sake, and needed a four-hour independent study class. Um, it looks good, Right. And today, for all the ickiness that's there, feels like it could be a good day for the Cleveland Browns. I, it, it just does. And so um, stay tuned. Keep reading. Keep listening. We're going to tell you what we see. We're going to give it to you straight. You know that. <laughs> if you appreciate that, we appreciate you. Um, and we'll just see where this thing goes. I, I've said, Jason, from the start, you know, there's a – Suspension or no suspension, short suspension, long suspension, there's a wide variance on this team. But, man, the pieces are there. There's finally some continuity. There's a lot of reason to think that a window is opening here. And whether that doesn't open till October or even December, you know, whether it gets real sticky or we move on by next week and talk about the preseason and the six-round rookies who are emerging or who's winning the punting battle, like they're building something here. They really are. And it's not built yet because every training camp has adversity and you're supposed to know who your starting quarterback is, if you're going to be any good at all, right? But, like, there's a <laughs> chance that something really special is being built here. And since we're talking football, I just wanted to make sure I, I, I said that. No, I, I totally agree, and that's why they're going through this. That's why they, they gave the contract that they gave. That's why they're willing to take the hits that they gave or that they're getting right now. Because they do believe that there's better days on the other side of this. It's just like I said earlier, that's all the muck you got to crawl through now. And they're they're in it. But I think they're starting to see the light on the other side of the tunnel. Um, and, 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 and we'll see. And we'll see. Like I said, I'll be surprised if they appeal. I will be. But I've been wrong plenty of times before. But I just think they're going to make a mockery of this whole system if they do.
Yeah. And you might be right. I, I totally agree with that point. And, and um, we'll see. We don't know. So again, it's August 1st. Um, we are nine-ish hours after the ruling. We'll see what the next 72 hours bring. And we'll see what the, the days and weeks and months bring after that. So um, because of the, the still fluidity of this situation, I don't know when our next pod will be. Um, I do know at some point I'll be back to writing and talking about football. And, you know, we're going to dig in. Um, Jason's columns on the site, my story on Brissett, on what he's done and hasn't done and where he, he's been is there. And there's a place for you to sound off. We appreciate you listening. We hope you like and download and share and subscribe to The Athletic if you haven't already. So um, we talked about the 10 years of the Haslams, and this is my 23rd training camp, I think, in some capacity being around the Browns and there has not been a roster like this. There has not been a situation like this. And that, again, that's outside of this unprecedented stuff. Um, and Sue Robinson used the word unprecedented how many times in those 16 pages? A lot, right? I'm not even discussing that there. So um, we will see. It's certainly wild. We'll talk to you soon.